Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We can find mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. And we always need you, Lord. We always need you. There is not a time that we don't. We have need of you and you have need of us. If if you do have a need, you have purpose for us, Father. And you purpose that we would serve you in this life, preach your gospel. And it would go out into all the earth. So we love you and we honor you and we thank you for that privilege. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we'll continue with what we started yesterday about uh, Calvary healed your life. Amen. Calvary healed your life. And we began talking some about uh, the purpose that Jesus came and the anointing that he was empowered with. Uh, one thing you need to know about the anointing is that it, it's not just a thing. It's a power and it's a presence, but it's also a person. Amen. Or we can say personality or personhood or uh, however you want to describe it. But the anointing represents the presence of God. And when God is is in your midst, he is there for a purpose. He's not just hanging around and making you feel uh, giddy and oozy and all that. That's part of it. But there is a purpose for him uh, appearing in our midst. And, and uh, he wants to do some work in us that needs to be done in all of us. Um, I don't think there's anybody that's been saved for any length of time who feels that, well, I don't need as much work to have done as so-and-so does. And you'd have no idea what condition you really are in. You understand what I'm saying? And God has a purpose for everything that he does uh, to us, through us. Amen. Many times we're being prepared for a purpose. The work that he does in us is is preparing us to be able to carry his power you can't carry uh you know salty and and uh clean water at the same time you can't carry bitter and sweet at the same time you got to put down one and pick up the other so our life in god is based on choice and what we have already chosen to do when we receive him as our savior amen uh, you were were in debt when you met him he paid your debts off, so you owe him your life. He gave his life for you. You give your life to him. And it's all good because what you receive is the life he intended you to have to begin with. So it's not like you're being shortchanged. Well, I don't know about all that being Christian stuff and you can't do this and you can't. No, because you, you're supposed to do that. Anything that God tells you not to do, you ain't supposed to do it. And it's not because he don't want you to have fun. He don't want you to wind up crazier than you are. You got me? He's trying to spare you some trouble and confusion and foolishness. Amen. And so, and he wants your life to count. He wants you to have more than happiness. He wants you to have joy. Amen. And he wants you to be delirious about him. Amen. All the things we think we can get from people, we have to get it from God. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, y'all. Don't be 
bristling up like that amen i've been married i was married to my dear late husband for 30 years amen and when i met god i was delirious and my husband couldn't figure it out hey i like this god uh he wanted some of that delirious too but he didn't know how to get involved in it see took some years of prayer and and living for god before him before he caught on amen but i tell you he never made me delirious like god did amen there's no replacement for god there's a missing something in all of us and it's god and when you hear the gospel that is god knocking on the door of your heart wanting to replace the missing stuff so we talked some yesterday about the fact that when we when adam and eve sinned in the garden well when adam they were both called adam before before the fall when they sinned that separated them from god and one of the things god had to do was to reject them amen because being a holy god dealing with unholy people somebody's gonna get hurt (laughs) you got me his holiness would have annihilated their sin so god had to set about his plan to redeem man to bring him back to reintroduce himself in increments to us that's why a lot of times people look at um say like anointed people maybe you admire some people who uh god has empowered to minister for him and you want people to fall when you touch them you understand what i'm saying (laughs) and so you look at that and you think well that looks pretty easy just go touch somebody you go touch them and they deck you put your hands on me huh even jesus couldn't just walk up and touch people you know he he would look at him say what you want you know what i'm saying what you here for so you had to state plainly your purpose for wanting him to minister and then he proceeded to be able to minister to you so it takes some time increments it will take time for god to reintroduce himself to us in his power and in his anointing you know you might the anointing the way it comes into your life is it comes in increments remember samson when he was well samson never really did straight up to the end of his life but but when he first got the anointing they said that it would come upon him at times see it's an at times thing and it's not something you can work up and make show up it shows up when god says it's time for it to show up amen and so he may have to do some some restructuring teaching definitely teaching you got to understand god you understand him through his word and so he will begin to minister truth to us through his word and then we can start to deal with with the thing in increments amen and so when that happens we begin to take on you begin to lose more of your old self and take on more of god other than that you would you would it was it's almost like being assaulted if god were to full blast put all of his power on us and he hasn't done any work for us to understand it how to carry it 
what's it for how does it work and many people who are anointed i know i am and i'm still learning how to work with the holy spirit there's so much stuff we don't know amen and and sometimes you think well i'll spend more time with god and he'll start showing me stuff (laughs) yeah right (laughs) he calls the shots you know all of our good intentions will get us nowhere with him you know sometimes he'll just sneak up on you uh you know when you're at the supermarket and point somebody out to you and see what you do with it huh now how many times have we walked past people and said I, I you know somebody who obviously needs a lord somebody maybe that that isn't walking right or something like that or anything and you say oh i wish i should be able to pray for them i should pray for them those people you may have that that work out for you every now and then what works for you is when you just are walking past somebody and they're not looking like they need anything and god says i want you to pray with that person amen and you will go up to that person and say you know do you need prayer for something i just feel like the lord's telling me to stop and pray for you yeah i got pain and i you you understand what i'm saying so it's a faith thing it's not a sight thing because many people look like they need help and they don't need anything amen um uh little shannon was in our ministry and and uh, she she walked a little stiff because of condition that she was born with but she's fine and fully functional and she's healed by faith you understand what i'm saying so somebody stopped her in the supermarket and said can we pray for you and she said i'm healed and they looked at her and then they wanted to know more about god you see what i'm saying so those things will turn around on you if you're not careful you think you got something for somebody they got something for you amen (laughs) that happens to people all the time and so we have it's a faith thing you have to go by the leading and the unction of the holy spirit and he tests us to see if we're cheating and doing by sight instead of by faith amen the sight thing will backfire on you every single time and so we we really really do have to understand more and more about god's power but one of the things we understood that the anointing does is in luke chapter four if you'll turn to there we'll just go over that again where jesus introduced the anointing to the people that's one thing that people must know that you are anointed by god to do what you do amen now sometimes god will have you tell people that but there are times where where you know it's it's almost a given but you gotta you gotta produce the goods so you can't tell people you're anointed for healing and nobody you ever pray for gets healed see that's that doesn't flow and it doesn't make sense and so here jesus explains to them what the anointing is in verse 18 he says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to number one preach so the anointing first is on your words and it's to preach the gospel to the poor good news jesus christ alive and living jesus christ savior healer and deliverer because that's what's in this this uh, phrase that he's explaining And he said, he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted 
and bind up their wounds that's part of that too to to preach deliverance to the captives recovering of sight to the blind set at liberty them who are bruised in other words people who are are um, not fully functional he sets free amen bruised people are wounded people bruise bruising can be a physical illness infirmity or something like that but jesus doesn't care what it is if life has bruised you if the enemy robbed you at birth of certain things he has come to set you at liberty to get the shackles off of you because those kinds of illnesses and things restrict your life amen you you can you can have freedom in some areas and then in some others you find out you're pretty limited amen i remember when when i for i got saved many years ago because i had a nervous breakdown and i could sit there and think to myself i said you know i used to be able to do and i was it would think i would think just normal things like get up (laughs) you know go to the kitchen make coffee cook go take a job and i was sitting and it was like i was locked up in a cage or something you know and there was bondage there see when you're mentally emotionally or physically restricted you're bound because you don't have the freedom to get up and walk around and i would see people you know go to work i said boy i wish i could do that again there was something in me that restricted me part of it was fear part of it was not the uncertainty of knowing i had panic attacks i would would feel like i was just wanted to go lie down and say you just weren't free to do what you knew you were supposed to do with your life amen and so when you when you find yourself jesus said there's an anointing to take care of that and get you out of that barb you got me and you stay in the word and you stay you stay diligent uh you know meditating on the word because the word's anointed you know if you never make it to somebody's altar call and they touch you the word of god's anointed and little by little i got shackles would fall off of me amen they would just fall off i remember uh lying on on my couch one time and i was just thinking about god and and i just got so joyful and there was a closet right at the foot of the couch and all of a sudden the closet door went boom and it slammed a devil left me you understand what i'm saying and i knew that's what it was because that's what god told me it was and i got freer you understand what i'm saying so God, the anointing does that. We need the anointing, folks. You need it. I need it. Everybody needs it. It's not something to to make you important or you know what I'm saying. You can brag to people how many people you preach to and who got saved and all of that. I mean, that's wonderful. But this anointing is to help people. If you don't have the compassion to want to help people, you won't do much. You won't get much anointing because it's not for you. You know, it's for God to to use you to minister through. There are a lot of people that that get this close to getting anointed and can never enter in. I've seen many of them. They don't carry it. Why? Because the minute they start getting getting something to do for God. 
they just jump all in the flesh. You know, they think it's them. Even when they're under the anointing, they don't know how to stay under its power. You you have to really, you know, I mean, a lot of times you build, God will give you liberty to, to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like when we sometimes on our altar calls, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, what I call play some, you know, it's not the strict thing, 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 thing. You run the risk of people telling, you know, saying that, that you're just doing it for show when you do that. But when you get under the anointing, I want to enjoy myself just like y'all want to get healed. You understand what I'm saying? And, and sometimes God will give me the liberty to see what, what it'll do. You know, like I'll, instead of touching people, I'll say step on that spot and they step on it and boom, they're, they're gone. You understand what I'm saying? And when we're at the altar, when we, when the guys catch, are catching, you know, they catch each other, roll around on the floor and laugh and what they're supposed to have. That's their paycheck for catching all these. Am I right? Poppy bail me out. Tell me something. Right. You got to get some fun out of the deal. You've been sweating and catching everybody, making sure nobody gets hurt up there. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, the only time we stop is when Pastor Shirley, you know, she she runs the altar for us. And so if we if we as long as she's smiling, having a good time, we good. But if that changes, we straighten up. (laughs) Okay, Gigi, we straightened up. You understand what I'm saying? But there's got to be people to keep that, you know, but there's also got to be a place for people to enjoy the presence of God, even the workers. Amen. So I got a little off with that. But but these are things you, you start to learn once God begins to teach you. He said, take my yoke upon me and what? Learn of me. There's a lot to learn about the anointing, about the word, about God's timing and things, when he wants certain things done what he doesn't want done under the anointing amen certain things you get certain lines you can't cross got me and he'll warn you once or twice but don't press him you got me (laughs) amen you'll understand it yeah you'll understand and so he says to a preach preach the acceptable year of the lord so what that told everybody is they were acceptable to god now huh they were acceptable to God now because as God moved through Jesus, he was able to do all the things that God needed to have done to demonstrate the kingdom to those people. So that when Jesus went to Calvary and he rose from the dead, his disciples could carry that same message and that same anointing, that same power. That same everything that Jesus had only in greater power. He said, greater things will you do. Why? Because I go to my father. Amen. What did that mean? That mean that, that my work would be done. Amen. He goes back to the father because his work is done. Amen. Goes back to heaven because his work is done. And so when Calvary, the work at Calvary was done, that released the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God for believers, those who would believe. So when you get to the book of Mark, if you'll turn over there, chapter 16, and these are Jesus' final words to his believers. Amen. 
And so he says, uh, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized into the body of Christ shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs will follow those who believe. So not just baptism into the body of Christ, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You won't get many of these signs. <laughs> the sign of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is praying in tongues. Amen. So you got to have both of them. It says, it, and these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, speak in new tongues, take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. That's full power over all the power of darkness. That's what every believer is not if you think you need to or if you can or if they teach it at your church or if they don't. You're commanded to do this stuff. It's not an if and. See, the reason we don't get much more done for God than we do is everybody thinks this is a suggestion. Everybody thinks it's okay. What they do is okay, and God has no mandate on us. But the Bible says all creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Your flowers are mad at you. Huh? The birds that fly around, they mad at you if you don't manifest the power of God. Amen? It makes life better for everybody. When the sons and daughters of God get out and move under the power of the anointing. But we got to quit looking for for uh, frivolous things. You know, people of God play too much. I know I'm kind of a rough sounding person. <laughs> God did that to me. <laughs> but you can't just play and do what you want to do. Your life wasn't, Jesus didn't give his life for you to play. He bled and died so you can play. Huh? Got all these royalty people hanging around here and wearing crowns and stuff and all that kind of stuff and ain't doing nothing for God. Get up off your crown and off your tiara and get on your knees. Huh? Start letting God empower you. He wants to empower you. Amen? (laughs) Then your life will go right. You get anointed, you got enough for everything you need in your life. It's very important. How do you get anointed? You do what God tells you to do. You get under somebody, somebody's authority who is anointed. You won't get it out of nowhere. Amen. You won't get it out of thin air. That's why people followed him. He didn't have business cards. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't have a mailing list. He just had the presence. He had the anointing. Amen. It's all you need to do what God wants you to do in life. Amen. So we talked about brokenheartedness being man's primary problem. Amen. When we were separated from God in the garden, we stipulated that that broke God's heart. And it broke our hearts as well. And so this business of Jesus coming to earth is really about mending hearts, mending relationships, making people powerful to overcome hurts, wounds, 
all that kind of stuff. Amen. We we explain why he said he came to bind up the broken heart. Amen. Now, Colossians 2.10 says we are complete in him. You have everything you need in a measure. You have a seed of it. You have a beginning of it. You have the start of it. It has to grow. In order for it to be, um, for the power of God to really minister to you and minister to others through you, that seed of completeness has to grow and take over your total being. God wants us 100% whole. You know, I don't dig this people... They run around raggedy. I'm working for God. No, you need to sit down and let him take care of you. You understand what I'm saying? You you need to, you know, time, <laughs> just take a time out and let him restore you. Let him refresh you. Let him renew you. Now, there are many times, especially when you're a minister, you're healed as you go. But we not we're not invincible. See, I can be healed as I go about doing the things God wants me to do for others. But there are times the reason we had conferences twice a year. So that everybody could sit and receive and let God minister to them. You, you understand minister truth. Now, I preached one time at the conference, most of them, the healing school. And so, but most of the time I sat and received from the people we invited in to give us ministry. Amen. And so it's very, very important that we understand what we need and how we need it. We need to have that time with God so that we can understand what he's accomplishing in us, what we need to have done. Many times what you think you need is not what you need at all. I'll say it again. Many times what you think you need is not what you need at all. We're so used to whining for everything. Well, I need this. I told somebody one time that they, they were, they said they were waiting on uh, um, a certain amount of money so that they can do certain things. I said, your problem is not money. You'd have thought I slapped them. Huh? See, we mistakenly, we misdiagnose ourselves. Quit trying to diagnose yourself. Let God diagnose you and fix you. Amen. Because when he diagnoses you, the healing is right there. You got me? If he points out unforgiveness, bitterness, and all, it's because it's a bomb waiting for you to get healed from it. But listen, now listen, if y'all don't want to hear this, now I got people. I go across the street to my people. Huh? This is the problem with everybody. Unforgiveness is what kept me depressed. Nursing my own wounds. I was the only wounded person in the world. The world's got to stop because something's wrong with me. Huh? Well, once you, you come to the Lord, you're supposed to get off that throne of me all the time. What about me? It's about me. It's me, 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 me. You get off that and get yourself in the word and turn that over to God and let him heal you. You can't heal yourself. 
If you could, you wouldn't be sick or depressed or upset or what. You know how that stuff goes. That's that's too much me thinking. You know, I see these little people posting on Facebook. I need some me time. I said, honey, one more selfie and I'm going to unfriend you. Hey, you ain't got enough me time by now. My goodness. All we see is you every day. Huh? <laughs> you know, if it's, if, when they get tired of the, the, uh, I looked on there, I said, they, not only they got their page, they got my story. I said, haven't I seen enough of you today? I got to get your story too? You know, saints saints need to leave some stuff alone. You understand what I'm saying? Because you don't want to sell everything God has for you. Because <laughs> you like likes. Fake likes. People don't really like you. They just do that because, oh, boy, here it is again. Let me see. What do I do? I can't skip it. I saw it already. <laughs> here I am. Liking something I don't like again. Okay, I'm going to get off the Facebook people. But see, Jesus came to heal all that. You don't need man's approval for, seriously? You don't need man's approval for anything. The day you find that out is the day you know the anointing is (laughs) real. Because nobody could reassure you about that but God. Amen? You don't need their approval. You don't need their whatever, whatever. You need healing. That's what we all need. The anointing isn't in your life for nothing. It's there to serve you, to help you, to make you whole, to bring back things that have been robbed from you because of iniquity. The devil did a hit job on folks, everybody. You're not the only one. Amen. So so Jesus comes with this healing to heal the brokenhearted. And and um which which scripture, Shannon, can you find that bind up their wounds? Is that in the Old Testament accord of it? Psalms okay, let me all right, one forty seven three. Because it's important to understand what we need and and why God comes in our lives the way he does. You know, people want their problems to disappear overnight. You didn't get here overnight. You came through many generations. All of us did. (laughs) Amen. Stuff that's wrong with us isn't just what happened to us. Are you kidding me? It ain't, it ain't cause your mom didn't do so, you know, or your brother didn't, you know, all that, you know, that nonsense they put on people. 147. It says he heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Amen. Yeah. There is a, 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 um, what do you call it? A scripture that says the anointing binds up their wounds. That's, that's the thing. But the reason that we need our wounds bound is so not, to keep us from running around talking about them all the time. Oh, 
sorry, darling. You shouldn't have stuck your feelings out there. Huh? See, wounds, when they're, when, when you have wounds, you come to Christ because of your wounds. They drive you to God. I've been pushed around. People don't, don't care anything about me. I can't keep friends. Amen. Uh, I, I've been, uh, I was abused by a, a loved one, family member, teacher, somebody like somebody that I trusted. You got me? All that kind of stuff. Those are wounds. And many times in our humanity, we shut them down. Don't think about them. Don't talk about them. Don't, you understand what I'm saying? But there's something starts to work in you that makes you angry for no reason or bitter all of a sudden or, or a thought will come to you or you get fearful, all that kind of stuff. Those are your wounds seeping. You don't want to be a seeping wound all your life. So the anointing binds that up. It ties it up. It makes it not as sensitive. Amen. You know, you the reason they put a cast on your leg is to hold that leg in place, yes, but to keep anything from bumping against it to re-injure it again. So Jesus puts that binding on us by the anointing so we can go through life and live as though nothing ever happened. And we need that. See, you don't need to tell everybody your story. Because you talked to the wrong person and somebody will tell you something that they went through it and blow your head off. Well, that didn't work out. I thought I'd get all the attention like I usually do. That didn't work out so well. You had to listen to somebody else for a change. See, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got rejection. Everybody's got pain. Our rejection really started in the garden where God locked Adam and Eve out of the garden so they wouldn't eat from the tree of life and live eternally in iniquity. So for their own good, he rejected them. Amen. You can be rejected for your own good. Huh? You know, sometimes in, in, sure you can. In family situations, you know, if it, there's a young girl that's got a bunch of older brothers, Everybody's teenagers, and she like 12 years old. She got a crush on every one of her brother's friends. Amen. And they'll say, "No, girl, that yeah, I don't like you. You go, you know, uh, man, tell your sister, huh, for her own good." Now we've all been through that, or know somebody's been through that. That's a common occurrence. You get rejected for by for your own good sometimes, especially in these so-called romance relationships. Help me out, Poppy. I'm stuck. <laughs> I got stuck there for a minute. Huh? You know, sometimes you you even if it's a Christian young man or young woman. You know, some people just aren't compatible. You think you found somebody because they saved and you saved. Huh? 
they're saved and going on with God, and you saved and want to pause somewhere. <laughs> that old song we used to sing at, uh, I forget what church, was. if you don't want to go, don't hinder me. Amen. Right. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I'm running on. Amen. Just, it's the truth. It happens all the time. So it, it's a common occurrence, but we don't have to be eternally wounded because we, we're not compatible with somebody. That's all that is. It's an incompatibility. So a sin does cause brokenheartedness. Amen. When Adam and Eve sinned, they broke God's heart and theirs too. This is why Jesus came with the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. The spirit of the Lord was removed from the man and the woman. In Christ, it's restored. So what that means is now you can be healed and be made whole. And if you'll submit to that, God will then begin to move things ahead in your life. Marriage, family, a better job, all of those things will come as you submit to the healing process in the binding up of the wound process. It'll shock you how many people cannot keep a good job because they're not mature enough emotionally. You know, every time somebody corrects them on the job, they're offended. So then you're those that person, everybody, you be careful how you talk. Or, you know, you're the person when somebody said, well, I, I had to talk to so-and-so, and all the eyes roll up in their head. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person who's so touchy. Nobody can tell you you need correction because you do. If you're on a job, you learn every day. And you should be accustomed to being corrected. Amen. And receive it with gladness so you don't have to make that mistake. There's an upside to everything. And so many times the things we desire in life are being held up. Because we won't submit to God's process of restoration in us. We have to be restored, folks. The anointing comes to restore your soul. That means take you from being a wild, selfish, you know, hard to live with person to somebody who's peaceful and mature. Amen. It's just got to be that way. That's what God has in store for all of us. Amen. So he heals the broken in heart. We talked yesterday about what what I found uh, some literature on about what's called a broken heart syndrome, where there's actual scientific evidence that tra- a traumatic incident triggers the brain to distribute chemicals that weaken the heart tissue. So in in many times they'll find that a surviving spouse if they don't recover, like when the, in the first year or so, the chances of them ever reco- recovering and living a full life are very slim. So you need to seek your healing from God. Amen. When my husband passed away, you know, I was, I would sit and think sometimes. I said, God, I know I'm going to get to the end of this, but right now it hurts. And right now I just feel bad. I, you know, but I know it was like I was walking through some darkness and I could see a light at the end of the tunnel, but I wasn't there yet. 
keep your eyes on the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't keep your eyes on what's going on. or Just focus on where you're headed, not where you're at. Because if you focus too long on where you're at, you'll start make a bed there. You order out for a pizza in a, you know, a Dr. Pepper, whatever you like to drink. You understand what I'm saying? You'll make your bed there if you're not comfortable. So you have to keep focused on what's at the end of that, no matter what people around you say. Well, you have a right to. No, you don't. You have a right to obey God. You have a right to the anointing. You have a right to healing. Now, granted, I don't encourage anybody rushing anybody through anything. But if a person is making their way through, let them go through. If they hit a brick wall, they'll find that out. But let people alone. It's a personal process between them and God. Amen? So so then the um, we talked about that broken heart syndrome. It can actually have a physical effect on you. That's why Jesus comes into our hearts. That's the way we talk about it, your spirit. So God's spirit lives in the core of you when you're born again. And from that core, the healing begins to radiate out into every part of your body. So instead of you having a broken heart and it triggering your brain to release chemicals that continue to weaken your heart, when your spirit is reborn, it begins to send the word out and the anointing out into your body to fix everything. Amen. That's how we can claim Psalm 112, my heart is fixed, trusting in God. You don't have a weak heart or congestive heart failure or a bad heart. Your heart is fixed. Amen. And so you need to, I remember a friend of mine, uh, she's passed away now, but that was a scripture. God had me minister to that, that to her. She, her, her heart has stopped three times, I think, in one day. And they were taking her down to the cardiac lab to um, put put a pacemaker or something. I don't know what they were going to do. But I passed her on the elevator. She was going down. I was coming up to her room. She was going down. And I laid hands on her. And I said, your heart is fixed. And she got down there. She said, take me back up to my room. My heart is fixed. She said, I'm not going through this. And let me out as soon as possible. Amen. She lived more than 20 years more. And those echocardiograms they give you, her heart was usually at 50%, 30 to 50% capacity for all of that time. They told you, you shouldn't be able to do what you do. She could walk. She could, you know, went shopping. You know, you always would see her with her daughter. She had five daughters and grandchildren. And she lived to, to enjoy all of that. Amen? Because of the anointing, it fixes everything. It fixes your heart. Amen. It fixes your heart. Amen. Amen. She's a good friend of mine. Loved her to pieces. Amen. Everybody loved her. God wanted her to stay around because she loved people and people loved her. Amen. You're missing if you're gone. (laughs) People miss you. Amen. That's why he, he works to heal us, to keep us around. Keep us around our loved ones, family, everybody. Amen. So uh, symptoms of a, a broken heart syndrome are similar to a heart attack or an anxiety attack. Amen. There's, when you are, have a broken heart, 
you can experience any kind of internal pain, stomach ache, amen, loss of appetite, tightness in your chest, insomnia, anger, shock, apathy. You don't feel hopelessness, loneliness, depression, amen, loss of self-respect, self-esteem, nausea, fatigue, crying. In extreme cases, people just cease functioning. They quit eating. Quit drinking anything. You can't force feed them after a while. And so these things are very real. And Jesus came to fix that. The anointing is there to fix that. Amen. Amen. When you're broken hearted, um, it, it's, it takes a toll on your mental health, your physical health. That needs to be bound up. Amen. And, and, and when your, your, your wounds are bound up, you cease to have the need to tell everybody how you feel all the time. Now, I can tell you that from experience, and I think it's true from the word. When your wounds are bound, you don't talk about it all the time. Amen? You you don't need to. You don't need to warn people that you've been wounded or warn people that you don't feel well or something like that. It, your wounds are bound. And so stay in the word long enough to let the Lord bind your wounds. Amen. And and you're not as sensitive anymore. You're not touchy. You're not waiting on somebody to say the wrong thing. They better not say the wrong thing to me today. I'm loaded for bear. Huh? Just waiting to pounce on somebody. You know how we do sometimes. Used to do. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So so that's very, very important. That's how people can minister. That's how they can go through life, go to work every day, because the anointing fixes that so that you don't feel it all the time. That's what God wants to do. Remove it as an obstacle to a, a full life for us. Amen. You, We can live in his joy and his peace all the time. See, don't wait for certain circumstances to change before you feel joy. I'm going to say it again because it needs to be said. Don't wait for your circumstances to change before you can feel joy. A lot of times people think, well, when when I'm over this and when I get this and when this is done, and then, then I'll be happy again. Seriously? You want to wait that long? And suppose it never comes. Suppose it never changes. Well, I'm just going to pause here. I'm getting a little dry, just like (laughs) y'all. I'm serious. There's people that, that have their lives on hold because... Their spouse isn't pleasing to them. Suppose he never changes or she never changes. You think, look back and think, I could have been enjoying my life all those years. Or I was mad and he better do so and so. He don't better do nothing. Huh? And if you got a basement, he'll never do it. Am I right, Poppy? <laughs> Gotcha. Huh? And don't have some running water down there. That brother never come out the basement. 
I've been having my house for sale, and I have a, a pole barn. It's got electricity and a bathroom in there. And every man that comes in and see, you know, if they have to deliver something or, you know, I had a door open, I said, they said, that's a nice building you got there. I said, yeah, that's for when you get kicked out the house, right? Said, yeah, and they go fist bump, you know. <laughs> get mad and make the wife mad at you on purpose. huh? I'm going over to the building. Don't call me. <laughs> this house ain't big enough for both of us. Anything. But we have to learn how to live in the anointing that heals us. Amen. Binds us up. You know, sometimes you'll think back and you'll realize, boy, I used to get upset at almost everything. Mm-hmm. When you can look back and see the progress you've made, that anointing has done its job, has started to do its job. It's taken hold in you. You've yielded to it. You've allowed it to do its work. Amen. There's really no stress and struggle here, folks. This is something that God does automatically when we read the word, when we, you know, if, if something does trouble us a little too much and and we can get prayer for that. I mean, this is how the anointing operates to make us whole again, make us 100% whole. It's, it's for that purpose. Amen. It's not for cars and trucks and you don't need it. You just need money for that stuff. Go get you a job. You understand what I'm saying? Or, or if you're believing God, use your faith for it. You can get it. You know, a good price or almost free or free. Amen. I'm working on free stuff now with my faith. You understand me? Yeah, that's the next level. And, and so when you, when you think about it, that anointing must be for, to make a change in the human condition. And this is the problem with humanity. The human condition needs to be changed. Amen. And so the anointing is for that. Amen. So we said that uh, the brokenheartedness is a problem everybody has. When Jesus went to Calvary, that healed his broken heart. He said, for the joy that was set before me, I endured. What was that joy? Getting us back. Getting us back from the devil. Giving us his power so that we can chase the devil. And put him under our feet where he belongs. Amen. He never should have been in our ear. He should have always been under our feet. Amen. But he got in, in Eve's head and she got in Adam's head. Well, they were one. Amen. Nothing happened to her that wouldn't happen to him. Well, some of y'all don't like it, but I don't care. Mark that down. I'll preach that twice. <laughs> See, y'all can help yourselves out and not get into my redundancy. <laughs> so, so really, love is what makes us whole. The anointing is the spirit of love and the power of love. Love is a healing force. 
love is a um balm it's a uh, a power it's a compassion it's a consuming thing where it consumes everything that's not right in us and it deposits what we need it deposits what's good amen so so really when jesus came out of love he gave his life for us he left heaven and and all his kingly stuff up there and humbled himself came in the form of a man so that he could experience what we go through that makes you a good priest if you experience what your people experience amen you know i mean i mean it's nice to live nice but sometimes you live too nice and you don't realize how common people live you you get out of touch with people sometimes that's why I think it's good for ministers. If if you God has prospered you and you're doing well, go go in an area of your town that things aren't so nice. Sometimes go preach. Go sit. Go preach for a, a pastor who's just getting a church started in a storefront somewhere. Well, you know I'm too famous for it. No, you ain't. Cause then people ain't gonna know you. Hey, I like this guy. They don't run in your circles. And if God tells you to go do it, go do it. (laughs) So the touch of God is what we need. Amen. Fellowship with God helps helps us acclimate ourselves, our spirits, and our souls to his word. So if we spend time with God meditating on the word, that word becomes more familiar to us and more uh, akin to us than our old life and that's how you walk away from the old that's how you really manifest the new creature that you really are that's how you manifest your completeness is spending time with god and allowing the anointing to work on you so the, the the anointing is on the word so whether you receive the anointing by touch somebody prays for you and ministers to you or whether you receive it through the word meditating on the word putting your faith and confidence in that word that anointing will work on you the bible says the word is actually medicine to us it's medicine to all of our flesh but it also renews our mind it heals your mind it brings your mind into an awareness of who you really are that person that you used to be before you were saved that's not you anymore amen now the devil work overtime trying to convince you that that is still you amen but jesus has stripes to prove that it ain't you so you go to him and get your reassurance that you are a new creature all things really have passed away and all things have become new amen they have become new praise god amen amen now in um psalm 69 i wanted to read that let me see why i wanted to read it oh this is um um uh, in 6920 i wanted you to sh- wanted to show you where uh our iniquity and our sin broke god's heart amen and it says here 
Verse 19, you have known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none for and for comforters, but I found none. Now, this is received as a messianic prophecy as well. Jesus on the cross as well as an experience that the psalm writer had. Amen? So reproach broke his heart. When people push you away, when they don't like you, when they have contempt for you. You ever have somebody you don't even know what you did and they don't like you? You ever dislike somebody and they didn't do nothing to you? Oh, come on now. You admitted the first one. A half-truth won't do you no good. See, that spirit of reproach just floats around people. The devil just looks to jump on somebody to see if he can rub them the wrong way through somebody. Amen. And then you feel it's legit. You don't know why, but you just don't like them. Amen. (laughs) Now, when you come into Christ, there are some people that you're not supposed to like, and God warns you about them. You know, it's just a crude way of, of keeping you keep your distance from them. You understand what I'm saying? And and so that happens as well. But if it's the if it's a spiritual thing, you always ask God, God, is this me or is this you? You trying to tell me something? Don't just take that as a you know, as a, a permission to to reject somebody or to dislike them or something like that. You don't just dislike people, you love them, you forgive them, but they ain't for you. You understand? <laughs> Some and some people aren't for you at the, this time. This this relationship isn't right for right now. So you have to learn all the cues that God would send towards you. But but reproach is something that we all kind of carry from time to time. Things aren't right. You know, you don't like certain things. You don't like certain things coming from certain people sometimes. And sometimes you can't pinpoint it, but you do forgive them in your heart. You say, God, I don't know what that is, but I forgive that person. I, you know, I don't want to carry anything around. It's enough carrying stuff we already got. You don't need to pick up anything new. Amen. So um, when when we understand what God is doing in us, healing us, making us whole through his love. Amen. The Bible says it's the goodness of God. That leads men to repentance or to want to submit to his healing authority in your life. Amen. His goodness is what draws us to him so that he can fix us and proceed to help us. Amen. You may think some of these things that you've been living with forever won't ever get fixed, but they will. You're on the schedule already. Okay. You're in God's plan already. Amen. Don't get so anxious. Sometimes you you need to wear a little hurt a little. And I don't mean that in any kind of perverse way like you need punishment or anything. But sometimes if we get instantaneous things all the time, you understand what I'm saying? You 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 lose your touch with humanity. That's what the Bible says Jesus suffered certain things he suffered. To make him a good high priest for us. See, we can't accuse him of being up in, on a throne and not knowing what we feel like. That'll never come out of your mouth. 
Because you, if you know anything about the Lord, you know better. You know he suffered, and he suffered because, and he didn't do anything. He didn't deserve the suffering he underwent. But he endured it for a purpose. Anytime we endure things, it's for a purpose. And God's not going to tell you what it is up front. He may not tell you at all. <laughs> huh? Things can't come instantaneous all the time. Sometimes that you need a deeper work done in you to get at the root of certain things. You got me? It's just, you know, faith isn't like that. Amen. Faith is something you need every day. Faith is something you need to get you up every morning. God knows what he's doing. So trust him. If you've gone to him like like Paul said, you know, this thing kept bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. He said, and three times I went to God and asked him to, to remove it. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Huh? Because your strength is perfected in weakness. Well, anyway, go look it up. I ain't telling you what chapter and verse it is either. And I ain't going there to read it to y'all. You know that's in the Bible. You know, people, that's the first first year you're saved. That's the scripture they hit you with to justify somebody being sick. And Paul didn't say he was sick. He, he told what it was. He said a messenger of Satan to buffet him. <laughs> huh? Now, if you know anything about Paul's life, you pretty much know what that was. Every town he went to, he got put in jail, beaten, flogged. Yeah, I'd be asking God to let me out of it, too. But he said it was a messenger from Satan to buffet him. And he tells why. For the abundance of the revelation God gave him. He loved God so much. He was caught up into the third heaven. He would have stayed there if God didn't pull him down and let him get. He said, Paul said, I must be back in my body now because they about to beat me again. Amen. (laughs) We all want the wonderful things of God, but they come at a price. You'll have the grace to endure it. You won't die. Because you want to know the answer to a scripture or something. That's not going to kill you. You understand me? But Paul had to go up to heaven and get revelation so he could help us. He did it for us to write all these books of the New Testament so we can learn and understand. This stuff comes at a price. You don't write the Bible and it don't cost you nothing. Jesus wrote the Bible. It cost him his life. Listen, I can go and talk at the Y. I can do my, I'll, I'll put me some, I'll say, cue my music. It's fun to stay at the Y or Y. You know what I'm saying. But you need to hear the whole of God. You know, it's, Christianity is much more than getting your bills paid and being a millionaire and waiting on a wealth transfer. There are people out there 
preaching wealth transfer and they're not even healed in their bodies. So that stuff can get way out of proportion if you're not careful. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time on anything that's going to be here when I leave. I want to take some souls with me. Amen. Your neighbors, them relatives, baby Nim and Babra and man man, all them, they need to be saved. And it's good to endure and do without some things, some comfort things sometimes. So you can learn something about how to minister. That'll work a compassion in you that you didn't even know you had. Huh? Oh yeah. That's where the healing anointing comes from. It comes from overcoming sickness with the power of God. You look at all of them. That's what happened with me when God healed me. And after I got healed and started going to churches and they tell me God don't heal anymore, I said, it's too late. I'm healed already. And I give them my testimony. You can't talk me out of this. I got a testimony. Huh? They didn't want you to get up in certain churches. If you got, if God healed you, they don't want you to get up and tell nobody. John G. Lake had a tremendous healing ministry. He had to go over to Africa where there was sickness left and right. And he had lost maybe about three or four family members to different diseases. And one day he just got fed up. And people would say it was God's will that they died. And he said, I know this is it. This couldn't be God. If this is God, I want no part of this. And so he went about finding out what was God. After he became a missionary, his wife died of disease. But that didn't stop him. He eventually left Africa and came to Washington, where they say the place where he used to heal people is still in operation. Somebody went and found the old building and started praying in there and found it was easy to get people healed in there. Well, if a dead man can fall into a prophet's grave and come out alive... What's wrong with us revisiting some places that God used to dwell? Huh? Just a thought. But see, you you got to get out of you. See, the reason your wounds are bound is because we stay too much in us and what we need. And God certainly loves you and will supply every need. And you are healed. But he wants you to learn how to appropriate that so you can walk in it. Amen? But there's some things that, that will take time for us to walk through. There's an appointed time for everything God has for us, folks. There's an appointed season for it. Amen? I've never heard of instant being a season. And it's usually not. What we call instant healings, them people been in the Word. Them people been praying. This ain't their first encounter with God. Many of them. Now, some of them, it's true. It happens like that. But believers, we're required to do some different things. Come on, we know God. He's looking for us to be able to get some understanding about things. Understanding about people. Amen. 
you won't be a compassionate minister if you don't understand that people get sick and people get stuck there and people struggle to get beyond that place. Amen. You you got to you got to get into these things. You got to be a, a real person and live some life so God can use you. You can't avoid everything that's unpleasant. The minute you think you have, guess what? Up jumps the devil. Huh? It does. A lot of Christians, you know, I used to hear people pray, Oh, I resist this. I bind that. And they just go through a list of stuff. I say, You don't even have the slightest chance of getting none of that. Why are you talking to it? Huh? My goodness. Just walk with God. He ain't sick. You walk with Him, you won't be either. Amen? I'm not saying the devil won't attack you and cause you problems, but just receive your healing. Let it manifest in its due season. God won't let you down. There is a season when you will receive it all. Amen? Amen. Sometimes when we're pressing less, it just shows up one day you go and say, you know what? I I, I don't remember taking my pills. How long has it been? A week? Well, you know, Check yourself out. Sometimes forgetting is God. Amen. It is. That's how your healing will come sometimes. Amen. So so uh, uh, when, when you <clears throat> receive God, you receive wholeness. You receive salvation. You receive the anointing. It begins to work in you the day you confess Christ. Things that help it are praying in the Holy Ghost. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit if you're not. Amen. And and, and if you are, pray in tongues regularly every day. Amen. Every day. And allow the, the anointing to surge through you and do what God wants you to do. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> God rejected us for our own good. We stopped stopped at that point and we need to understand that because we look at rejection as all bad it's painful but it's not all bad and i think that's one of the things that we have to begin to understand about situations life situations god can bring good out of anything he works everything in our lives together and it comes out good amen but we have to be expecting good. We can't run around expecting um, things to never change or, or we just want to talk about this one more time. You understand what I'm saying? We have to really be looking for good and for God to bring good into our lives. So, so rejection really is a sign of incompatibility. When we talked about a holy God in a sinful man and God had to abandon them in the garden amen and begin to talk to man in different ways reintroduce himself to us little bit by little bit amen uh signs with Moses it was a burning bush right with Abram he was up in a an area where they worshiped pagan gods and God began to just talk to him so it took Abraham a while to get used to this new voice that would talk to him. Amen. 
and he followed that voice because he found that it prospered him to follow that voice. Now, start there and look at where we are now. We're indwelt by God. So it took all of those centuries for for God to bring us up to the place where we could receive him. And when Jesus came, the Bible says he came to his own and his own still rejected him. Amen. So he went to the Gentiles and he still would go to his own. Amen. And so there's this desire for in us to stay distant from God, to stay aloof from God. Even when you're saved, you you have this difficulty breaking down that resistance or that rejection or that barrier or that incompatibility. See, many times we're, we're, we think we're waiting on God to do something or it takes a long time. And why don't we just go to God and say, God, tell me, help me to get beyond this. I, you know, I don't like this feeling of not being close to you and not knowing. Amen. We kind of like our distance sometimes. Yeah, yeah. If he don't tell me what's wrong, then I don't have to fix nothing. You know, that's what we think. We think we have to do the fixing. And so there's still this incompatibility sometimes in our souls, our fallen souls. There's condemnation that comes. The minute it hits you that my healing didn't come yet and and mine didn't come as fast as so-and-so's did, and I want it instant, I don't have it yet. The minute that thought comes to you, condemnation hits you and you think, I must, it must be me. I'm doing something wrong. No, you're not doing anything wrong. You gotta wait for some stuff. It's not your season yet. You're, this hasn't grown enough in you for it to totally manifest and drive every, every trace of it out of you. That's what we're looking for and it don't come quickly. We don't like the word wait. We don't like the word due season. Amen. We like them prophecies that say, in this season, God's going to do so and so. And I'm going to, brother, here we go again. Why don't you give me a now something? Why don't you give me a season or something? Amen. It's always a season for faith to work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not seasonal thing. In this season, how long is it going to last? Don't make me climb the walls for you know, a raise. God knows the date. How come you can't ask him to tell me? Huh? I mean, seriously, this stuff just don't help us sometimes. I <laughs> know. <laughs> but incompatibility, that's what Adam and Eve had. After they sinned, they weren't compatible anymore. Amen. They couldn't relate to each other. She had her curse. He had his curse. So it took Calvary to bring us back together again, just as human beings, so that we can talk to each other without misunderstanding. Amen. You ever somebody say something that it grabs you wrong? They didn't they ain't messing with you and they ain't mean to you. That's iniquity. You know what iniquity does is 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 say for instance I'm telling Miss Nola Miss Nola could you go doing so and so and such and such and if she looks at me and I don't think she's happy to do it you know what iniquity tells me she don't want to do it 
And that would, that's probably the farthest thing from where her heart is. See, iniquity sits on your shoulder to pervert everything. It'll pervert you. It'll pervert your words, your reaction. That's why it's bad. It's false prophecy to try and interpret somebody's mood based on what you think they're doing. You need God to tell you what they really think. But that's so common for us to do that. You know, we assume, huh? They don't like us and, you know, they don't want, and you're all wrong. Can I get another amen? You know, yeah, come on now. He'll twist up everything. That's why God tells prophets, don't look at their faces, man. People mess you up coming and going. Don't look. Don't try to figure nobody out. Just keep talking. Just hit and run. Amen. And let it, yeah, I mean, seriously. Just spit it out and keep going. You know, that's why, you know, sometimes if I do have a word for people, I just look down, look around, keep my eyes, uh, like, look like I'm drunk in the spirit or something, just talking and, you know, anything, because that face will come, boom, and knock you right out of it. Amen. So, so you have to be careful because iniquity sits there's an incompatibility. Everybody's incompatible, folks. Until you make it a purpose and a habit in your life to walk in God, walk in his anointing, walk in his love. If you walk in love, you forgive people instantly and you don't misinterpret what you think is an attitude or look on the face or why are you so sensitive to that anyway? Huh? Half of the people we've had in this ministry didn't want to do nothing. And God taught me how not to care. Well, she's so mean. Yeah, I mean what I say. You either get it done or you don't. You don't get it done, God raise up somebody else to do it. You understand? I don't sweat people. You won't get anything sweating people. You understand? Or anywhere. Amen? You parents know that. You wish your kids could have smiled when you gave them chores, but they didn't, and you made them do it anyway. Huh? They want to be little witches and warlocks and manipulate mom and dad. You know, you don't let that happen. <laughs> Same with the naughty little cheap. There are people walking your church the first day and want to run stuff. They're just trying to figure out how to get control over it. <laughs> Incompatibility. Amen. But God makes us compatible. He'll give you a place where you don't look at face, you don't look at race, <laughs> amen, you don't look at nothing. You just listen for the Spirit of God. The anointing helps you to love everybody and to be able to work with everybody, amen. We can stop. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding and all of the things that you give us and healing, Lord. I thank you. By your stripes, we are healed and we love it. We thank you for it. We bless you, Lord, and we praise you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing for us. Taking us from one level to the next, from glory to glory. You're glorious to us, Lord. We love you so much for it, and we thank you in Jesus' name. If anybody needs to come up for prayer, come on up for prayer now. We'll do our declaration. 
And don't get excited, but you can eat and run or take and run. You don't even need to eat. Don't even stop. Just run on out the door. We throw it out there after you, whatever we do. <laughs> Praise God. Amen.
people watching us on the internet. Brings deliverance to captives, recovering of sight to the blind. I pray for everybody that has vision problems today. I command your vision to be corrected in the name of Jesus, 2020 and beyond, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. For those who are bound, I command you to be released from the enemy's grip in Jesus' name. You are free in the name of Jesus and be healed. Receive the anointing of God as your rightful inheritance that belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for your peace passes all understanding. I thank you for every soul being at rest here today. In Jesus' name, I thank you for every heart being whole today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you that the enemy is bound. He has no authority here. He's been neutralized by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Okay, let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you.